Welcome everybody to Get to the Good Part. My name is Ryan, and today we have a very special episode. Uh, we're going to be pulling apart the Empire Magazine article uh, that gave us a little more of a glimpse into what the movie's going to look like. And tonight, we're going to do that, not with John or Chris, but with the Ready Player One community on Twitter and on Reddit. Uh, got a bunch of people here that I've talked to, uh, gotten to know since we started the show. That's been the best part of having the show so far, uh, without me just rambling on like a fucking asshole for too long. I'm going to go ahead and introduce him. First of all, we have with us today, and a lot of you who are on the Ready Player One subreddit will recognize him, Golf Machine. Welcome, Golf. Hey, hey. Hey, it's great to be here. <laughs> with him, too, another uh, minor celebrity now on the <laughs> Ready Player One subreddit <laughs> is One Among the Fence. Uh, Fence is well known for creating an adaptation of the audiobook with uh, sound effects in the background. If you haven't heard it yet, uh, check them out on SoundCloud, One Among the Fence. It is fantastic. Yeah. What's up, Fence? Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for being. Uh, thanks for having me here. Long-time listener. First-time caller. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, from the Twitter community with us today, we've got Adam Schwartz. What's up, man? Hey, hey, hey. I just called you Adam Schwartz. I can edit that out. I am bad at podcasting. And also from from our subreddit, Paul. Paul, welcome to the Hello. show. And everybody, if anything goes wrong, you can blame us. Not Ryan. <laughs> oh no. We'll blame. No, We're no, 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 no. We're noobs. Blame me. <laughs> that that is where it squarely belongs. Um, all right. So, like I said, we are going to be talking about the uh, Empire Magazine uh, piece that appeared fairly recently. I don't know when it was actually published. Do you guys? No idea. The the magazine is technically supposed to be the September issue, from what I understand, because I went everywhere looking for it and I could not friggin' find it. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I in so. Uh... I think Paul like actually to the magazine store down the street from my work. Like there's three of them. Every one of them couldn't find it. Really? That's hardcore. Huh. Paul, did you say yeah, that well, they linked welcome to, to Canada? <laughs> did you say that they linked to it on Facebook? Well, uh, you guys linked. Or I saw from the uh, Artie's missives. You guys had linked. Oh, that's all. Right. I, that's where I saw it. Because I went to Empire. Yeah, that, that's where I was able to get it. Yeah, that, well, that's, uh, yeah, Artie's Missives, we want to give a big shout-out to uh, whoever uh, puts that up on Tumblr. Um, that really is uh, the first glimpse we've had at it, and uh, it, it's a good one. I mean, we've we've got pretty much the full article. We don't know yet because we haven't seen the issue, so there might be more in it, but it's just kind of got an overview of the movie along with, uh, a, I wouldn't even really call it an interview with Ben Mendelsohn. It's more like a... Uh, it's more like a description of Ben Mendelsohn with three quotes. Yeah, he's, he's only got a couple. There's a few quotes from him, Max. So in, in get to the good part fashion, um, the best way to do this, I think, is just to we're going to break this down by paragraph and discuss it. Are you guys cool with that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good, good. I got my notes. All right. <laughs> so here we go. Um, starting off... Uh, <clears throat> This is under the headline, Reality Bites. 
and uh, it says discounting that f- uh, that flying saucer in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Ready Player One is Steven Spielberg's first dip into his beloved sci-fi genre since 2005's War of the Worlds. An adaptation of Ernie Klein's 2011 bestseller, it sets uh, his formidable world-building powers to work in a dystopian 2044 where big cyber is all-powerful. There, Ty Sheridan's gamer Wade Watts teams up with his crush, Olivia Cook's whip-smart blogger, Samantha Evelyn Cook, to find a life-changing Easter egg within virtual, the, within virtual reality simulator The Oasis. For Watts, it's love at first MacGuffin. It's cute. It's <laughs> cute. So uh, what do you think, guys? Well, just you reading it right now, the first thing that jumped out that I hadn't had a negative reaction before, but it says team teams up, which yeah, yeah, that caught me too. It also it also kind of annoyed me that they used her name that we don't find out until the like very end of the book. Call her Artemis. Yeah, they they don't even really address her as Artemis in this. They just call her. Samantha Evelyn Cook, and that 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 in and of itself is a bit of a reveal in the book. It is. It was a mm-hmm. huge reveal. Like, oh, this is actually the girl that I've had a crush on for the first two thirds of the book. And before we before we go forward at this point, I do want to kind of like uh, lift the pressure off of you guys and uh, just <laughs> let everybody listening know we're gonna. Th- this is going to be a spoiler episode of Get to the Good Part. Yeah, I was just about oh, yeah. to say. Yeah, it's like John, oh crap. John's not here, so um, yeah. I mean that that stood out to me too. I think uh, the th- the thing that really stood out to me. This is a little thing because it's come up before in like blog posts and stuff, and I've gone back a bunch of times just to make sure that I'm not wrong. And it's not 2044; it's 2045. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Totally. It's stupid, but like I nitpick on it. I don't know why I nitpick on it. Well, and one of the things too in the trailer that bugs me is he's it's it starts off with him saying he's in Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. and in the books he eventually goes there, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, he starts off in Oklahoma City. The stacks are on like the outskirts of Oklahoma City. Yeah, that I think might be a plot device. I don't know. Um, That's what I was thinking too. There's I, I I want to I want to stitch something in here. Okay. Because we're about to we're about to make the, the the big picture on top of this, which we'll post up in the uh, in the co- er, in the um, we'll post a link to it in the uh, show description. But there is a leaked script out there. Have you guys heard about this? Yes. Yeah, I've heard about it. <laughs> yeah, I skimmed through it. I, I, I actually didn't have the guts to read it, but I skimmed through it about uh, four months ago. And so far, I'd say the the trailer is you know pretty true to the leaked uh, script. Yeah, that's what I've heard. The thing is, there's no fucking way I'm reading that script. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah, so torn with that. It's like it's like the leaked episodes of Game of Thrones that they're doing right now. It's like no, I just wait till Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. I had it. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I had it uh, bookmarked, and I went. I was like, all right. After I saw this picture today, I went and tried to search out the script. And of course, I hadn't downloaded it, so (laughs) I wasn't able to read it. And now I'm like, yeah, it's probably better that way. 
it's a sign yeah. <laughs> it is man i like it just feels dirty to me you know it's like i i don't want to know i want to go in cold i just want to go in cold not knowing what's going to happen and just hoping for the best i mean yeah. it would it, to be honest i mean i'm i'm such a fan of ready player one obviously i mean i'm willing to talk about it <laughs> a week at a time <laughs> But, I, I mean, I'm such a fan of this, but, like, it, it would be really hard, I think, to disappoint me. That said, I don't really know how I'll react if it's just a completely different story. Um, I've tried to think about that. I've tried to prepare myself mentally for it. But, I mean, I don't know. Have you guys thought about that at all? Adam, what do you think, man? I mean, I, I know it's going to be different. And, like, this leaked picture in the article, clearly, this doesn't happen in the book where they meet before like before the end of the book so like i'm ready to face the fact that it's gonna be different while part of me is like stick to the book you know it's it's a great book you can't say no to that yeah so the thing about the the thing about that picture and for you know since obviously this is a a podcast you can't see it uh (laughs) you can in the show description but Let's uh, let's just kind of describe it. So they're standing in what is kind of like a warehouse, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I can't really tell. There, there's a group of people behind them, sort of sitting at like like folding tables and folding chairs. Um, there's somebody to the far left at a window. It looks kind of like a almost like a workshop type of place. Um, and that's that's in the background. In the foreground, you've got. You've got Artemis standing on sort of a, a stage, staring down at Wade, who's off the stage. Um, and and is I think I read somewhere that the shirt she's wearing is a uh, Joy Division shirt, right? right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I read something about that. Uh, and behind cool. her, you can. Sorry to interrupt. Behind her, you can see on the floor a tread. Uh, like a treadmill, which is the same thing you see in that picture with uh, Wade Watts inside the van, which we've already seen. So I think she may be, maybe she's getting off the rig right now. It makes sense. It looks that, like she's got, you know, everything on. She's got her haptics and her visor on. Yeah. Um, and that weird thing that they haven't explained that projects onto the face. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's like, it's like a micro <laughs> harmonica or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does totally. look like a harmonica. <laughs> it kind of does. So, okay, so this is one okay, I will not read the script. Okay, I won't le- read the leak script because everybody is saying that this this is consistent with that. I will, however, and I d- if if you have not read the book and you've got into this podcast just because of the movie, do not read IMDb. In fact, probably worth right. right now and just read the damn book. You, you, if you haven't read the book, for Christ's sake, stop listening to my podcast. And just yeah. Read <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but but no, it, it's if you go through IMDb, and I think a, a lot of us did at the early part when yeah. we were starting to add cast. You started seeing something that said Reb, R E B, right next to people's names, right? Yeah. The first thing I thought of when I saw this picture and the first thing I thought of when I saw Reb was like, oh, well, there's a rebellion against IOI within mm. you know, Gunter culture. Uh, and when I saw yeah. this, I was like, this to me looks kind of like what a rebel outpost would look like. 
it's it's like the rebel base from Star Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, Good yeah. Call. I mean, you've got a bunch of people in the background. You've got Princess Leia up front. <laughs> Just, <you> know, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it's it's it, it really does. Like that that was the first thing that came to me. I was like, okay, because when uh, I think, did you guys listen to the weird chapter episode that Chris and I did? where we talked about the movie and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. talked about the Rebs in that chapter, I think. I know we talked about it, it may have been edited out, but we talked about Rebs in that chapter. And that was the conclusion that we came to, is that it was probably some sort of rebellion. And I think this kind of confirms that. What do you think? And that goes to that team, the team part of that beginning paragraph. Yeah, uh, the teaming up. That makes yeah, sense. Uh, maybe they all team up early, which would be a complete departure from the book. It might be cool to still see on film, but it's a different story. I wonder. I I wonder if they're going to accelerate the timeline for the whole thing, like not make it this five years that everyone's been working. Because, th- like you guys said when you were breaking down the uh, the trailer. Up in the top right there, there was that when the copper key flashing on the screens. And if you look really close, it's not all IOI vehicles. There's other, like, There's all convertibles and stuff yeah. thrown in there, right? So I'm wondering if they're going to sort of take a departure from that, like, five-year waiting for it and just sort of have everyone, like, green light, go. Here's the contest. Go win it. You know, somebody brought this up on the subreddit, and I really loved this theory because I wanted to believe it, that the race scene was just a different adaptation of Wade's dream when he woke up, (laughs) you know, right after he cleared the first gate and he fell asleep for 12 hours. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that'd be really cool. Oh, my God, that would be perfect. Like, I'm cool with that kind of a change. Like, I'm totally comfortable with that. That sounds awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that wouldn't ruin everything. <laughs> Keep it all. Yeah, it, it, like I don't know if I think that. I, I don't know. Probably not. I mean, it's, probably it, not it, it's, it's possible. Who it's knows? Possible. We shall see. We shall see. But I, IOI outnumbers them so much. That's what surprises me. When you see them about to start, it's like 20 to 1, the, the ratio. And I think maybe that's something we're going to discover, too, is how much IOI is actually dominating the the hunt. I'm guessing that it's just overwhelmingly they're outnumbered. Yeah, potentially. I was yeah. literally just listening to the chapter where he has the interview with uh, with Sorrento and on my walk home. And I'm God, I wish I could quote it perfectly, but I swear, I think he only said like 5000 highly trained gunters at like following your command when he was giving him the offer to work for them Did which really doesn't seem like that many that's, that's right yeah, he, he definitely gave a hard number i just i, I <laughs> cannot bring it up off the top of my head hold on i might be able to but keep going like yeah it, it was in there when he was giving him the pitch he gave him a hard number of like avatars at your command i think it was five thousand so i think you called yeah. it you called it yeah but even still five thousand against you know just a few is an insane number but when you take the entire oasis into account five thousand versus potentially millions is right and what because yeah 
okay so so let's take let's 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 put our imagination caps on for a second and let's 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 presuppose that reb does stand for rebel and that this is a team of gunters behind them right that's suggesting that you know gunters aren't really working solo anymore i think we've pretty much pushed that to the side with this picture right yeah, I mean, yeah, but but it, it could even be that they end up becoming part of a Gunter clan, right? Maybe Reb which is would be name. a total twist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reb as a Gunter clan could work. A Gunter clan focused on fighting IOI. Yeah, yeah. More more about fighting IOI than the hunt. Exactly. Well, yeah. it, they said that. I mean, they even say in the book that that that's pretty much what Gunter clans have become. You know, I mean, there, there are some that are more preoccupied with taking down IOI than they are with with finding the egg. Yeah, yeah they definitely do. And that's it. more mm-hmm. and that's more exciting. I think they're going to show that in the film. That seems more exciting. I could. Yeah, that would make sense yeah, to I'm, the masses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just hopefully that happens towards the end, not. Yeah, hopefully he does some things on his own. Otherwise, <laughs> his whole well, philosophy is out the window. Well, speaking yeah. of the masses, uh, speaking of masses, also on IMDb, there were all these soccer players. And uh, I think they're trying to have soccer or football, as it's known in the international community, uh, is much more popular than basketball or football or baseball. So I think they're mm-hmm. trying to capture the international market by putting something to do with soccer in there. Who knows? I mean, they mentioned earlier on that they have actual like sports in the Oasis that ha- they have to play in like fully functional sports haptic rigs and stuff. So Well, that would be interesting. Who knows if we don't get a crazy scene where they're playing sports? Uh, no, yeah, but that would be great. Virtual reality soccer, uh, you know, no gravity soccer or whatever. Yeah, that zero G yeah. soccer. That'd be insane. <laughs> I think I think zero gravity anything would be just enjoyable. I, I, oh yeah. I mean, I, I would do anything <laughs> in zero gravity if I could. I've heard about those planes, like like how they train people uh, for for zero gravity. They they do those plane rides, and they say it's like impossible not to throw up. But they just take you. They take you. <laughs> Super high. I'm, I'm I'm doing a hand motion. You guys can't see it if you're listening to the podcast. But they go super high, and then they just dive bomb. And like for 30 seconds, it simulates zero gravity. First of all, fuck that. Okay, that's <laughs> terrifying. I have no interest in doing that. None, none whatsoever. I am not that adventurous. I can't, I can't even do the tilt a whirl without yakking anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone simulating zero gravity. Exactly. God, no, thank you. Okay, so, um, so yeah, that's that's the picture. That's the first paragraph. Um, <laughs> I'm, I might just uh, go ahead and knock out the uh, first page here if you guys are cool with that. Then we can move on to Mendelssohn. Um, is that cool? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Uh, tantalizingly. Spielberg is presiding over a quest filled with 80s Easter eggs referencing everything from Stephen King to war games. It felt like pure adventure, says Cook, uh, on the eye-popping adaptation. It was Willy Wonka. It was Indiana Jones. Working with Spielberg conjured similar awe for me, uh, for, for the me and Earl and the dying, dying girl star, excuse me. 
when you're a kid wanting to be an actor, the idea of working with him, Spielberg, sounds absurd. It was surreal. Uh, somewhere amid the big-budget dazzle of a Spielberg blockbuster is a thought-provoking tale of technology run amok. It's scarily close to a world we're entering, notes Cook, of a uh, setting stricken by an energy crisis and avaricious tech CEOs. The results should mix the cerebral with the spectacular. After all, this is one cautionary tale that comes with escapism built in. First of all, have any of you guys seen Me and Earl and Dying Girl? Did you watch it when you found out she was cast? Nope. nope. I meant to watch it. I haven't. I, I tried to watch as many films of Ben Mendelsohn as I could, and uh, I can't even remember the names. I think I saw three, and uh, I saw one film with Samantha Cook, and I can't remember the na- name of that film either, so that's not a good sign, but that's <laughs> my fault. That's not her fault. That's my fault. I don't know, like, uh, fully admit that I didn't watch that movie either. Not because I didn't care, but because when I read the description of the movie... I didn't care. It seemed bad. <laughs> it just didn't seem like something I would be interested in. I don't know. But um, so so not really much to extrapolate here. I mean, she's she's talking about, you know, working with Steven Spielberg being awesome. I, I think we can all confirm that that would be true. Mm-hmm. And, One thing is, she did mention Willy Wonka, which, you know, is in the trailer. And uh, I think it's an interesting connection. Good yeah, point. with the whole yeah. uh, all the way back to Oingo Boingo and everything. Did they play Oingo Boingo in the trailer? No, but the guy that did the Willy Wonka, the music for... Um, for back the to the Tim Burton adaptation is the guy who is the lead singer of Oingo Boingo. <clears throat> oh, Danny Elfman. Oh. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's a weird little tie-in that way, too. Wait, Danny Elfman did that? From what I understand, yeah. That's what I saw online. No shit. Yeah, that- which I thought was an amazing connection, because Oingo Boingo is like one of the first pieces of music referenced in the entire book. And we talked yeah. about that in the first episode. We talked about Danny Elfman for like a while. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> too long. Apparently he's done a lot of, <laughs> a lot of stuff for Tim Burton. Correct me if I'm wrong. If no. I'm wrong... Totally call me out on it. You know, you're absolutely Listeners right. Listeners will. Yeah. <laughs> he, he did, he did uh, I, I think, probably a majority of what he's known for, he did for Tim Burton. But um, what is it? Uh, Jesus. His name, the guy that does, uh, the guy that's actually doing the soundtrack now that they said John Williams is doing it. Is it Alan um, Silvestri? Yes, yeah, him. Yeah. And he did the score for Back to the Future, right? Mm-hmm. So it's in good hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, if... If this was just for the trailer, this piece of music was just for the trailer, I find that kind of cool because I think I want that to be more of a surprise to me than, you know, or just as much a surprise to me as the plot of the movie. Yeah, totally. I mean, score sets the tone, man. Without a good score, you don't have (laughs) Without a good score, you're sunk. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy is like some of the best I've heard (laughs) ages. Those were perfect. I I agree. But I'm afraid, I'm, I'm really fearing it, but I think... The trailer is about all the rush we're going to get. I think they threw that in there for us book fans. But I'm hoping for more rush, but I don't think it's going to happen. Why do you yeah, think they play more rush? It's not as popular as we think. The, I think the masses. <laughs> I bring it up to people and they're like, I'm not that big a Rush yeah, fan. Yeah, exactly. Like, Rush oh, is for God. the real hardcore fans and it's just not good for marketing. So I think, again, I think they threw in Tom Sawyer because it was the most popular one. It's the one everybody knows. They gave it just in the trailer for us fans. That's all we get. We don't get any I mean, more. That's it. I mean, I'm Canadian. 
and I bring it up here, and people are like, eh, it's not that big a like, Come on, guys. But he's ours. So if, it's not, if it's not trending up here, it's not trending anywhere. <laughs> 2112 is a great album. They've mm-hmm. got to factor it in. And you would think that, like, you would think that Getty Lee would be down with this because he, he is oh, totally yeah. into this kind of thing, from what I understand. And the, the Crystal Key, it's it's based around Rush itself, so they have to add them in. No, I, I'm, wishing for a, I'm wishing for a cameo. Uh, I always thought that they would be excellent uh, as the, the, the corporate brass at IOI. I would love to see them in the background <laughs> as... As the corporate brass. Well, Sorrento's bosses. That'd be so Yeah. Good. All right. So <laughs> let's dig into Ben Mendelssohn. This is where this is where the meat as far as information comes in. Did you guys have anything to add? I don't mean to skip ahead. When does Stephen King get brought up in the book? Oh. Was that one of the bugged favorite, me. Was he one of the favorite authors? No, but it's right remember. there in the first thing. It says everything from Stephen King to War Games. Obviously, War Games is huge, but I just mm-hmm. I was racking my brain trying to come up with Stephen King. King references. Good point. I do, in that list of authors that he just rattles off. You remember that where he's like, like at first yeah. he's talking oh, yeah. like oh, yeah. first and last name, and then he just starts going last name. Um, that was when he brought up the Moorcock thing, and we embarrassed ourselves on the podcast. <laughs> 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 My boss listened to that episode for Christ's sake. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> Anyways, I seriously do not recall him bringing up Stephen King right there. or anywhere. As far as, I mean, I, I listen to every chapter far, far too many times doing what I do, but I don't remember Stephen King ever coming up, even slightly. Yeah. Because it's not yeah. really, eight, it's not, I, yeah, I guess he was around in the 80s, but like that's when it, and anyways, we can move on. It's like, not a big deal. Well, no, we're all just like drawing blanks. Well, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, we're all trying to go through the mental Rolodex here to see if like, was it mentioned? Uh, I I just looked it up, and during the the scene where they show the beginning of the race, there's a vehicle from uh, Stephen King's Christine. Christine. Oh, the red the red convertible. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah. It okay. Is. Well, that at least ties that in a bit. Um, there, there's actually I want to plug somebody who, uh, um, hopefully will be on the podcast sometime in the near future. Geek critique. Uh, he was on uh, Ready Player One subreddit, and if you're on Twitter, um. Ernest Klein stuff, who, if you don't follow him right now and you're listening to the show, follow him because <laughs> you won't miss a beat of news. Um, but but Geek Critique did uh, 60 things you didn't see in the trailer. And, you know, I mean, normally you hear that kind of thing and you're like, oh, well, you know, clickbait title. He found a lot of shit. Like at one point, you know, when he walks into the club that that's clearly... Um, Og's birthday. There's yeah, a, distracted there's a or whatever silhouette off in the background, and he identifies it as Hagar the Horrible. And when you look at really? it, it's like, <laughs> shit, he's right. It's, it's Seriously? <laughs> I'm so looking this up. You've got to look it up. Geek or yeah. Yeah. Um, That's the first thing I'm doing. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you guys a link, and uh, for everybody listening, I'll put the link in the in the show notes uh, so you can see it there. But, I mean, seriously, it's He's so far, he's had the most comprehensive look at that trailer that I've seen. Yeah, shout out to him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, totally. Uh, let's hop into Mendelssohn here. Okay. Uh, ben Mendelssohn loves Pac-Man. He's a wizard on the pinball table. But when it comes to virtual reality gaming, his experience amounts to a single session on a horror simulator. You're in a house and there are goblin-y type dudes coming towards you as the lights go out. The Australian actor recalls, I'd hear a noise. Grah! 
and look over and there'd be some beast that's advanced. So we got a little scared? No, I'm not giving you that. He shoots back, fixing Empire with a gimlet glare. I found myself immersed. Now, with Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One, Mendelssohn finds himself back in a VR world, but this time as the baddie. Not a goblin-y dude, type dude, mind, but money-grabbing CEO Nolan Sorrento, who's bent on beating plucky teenager Wade Watts, Ty Sheridan, to the prize at the end of a digital treasure hunt, full ownership of the Oasis, the sprawling, massively popular cyber world in which anything is possible. I play the guy who runs the hardware division of mega corporation innovative online industries, he says, and I have an interest in trying to secure the viability of the virtual space, which is free, into a user pays model. The heroes of the film may have different ideas about that. Nicely done, bud. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So what jumps out at you? They referred to Sorrento as money-grubbing CEO. Bug the crap out of him. He's not a CEO. <laughs> and he even he's says... He's an underling. He even yeah. says that he's... A, or does he say CEO of the hardware division, or does he just say... Yeah, it? hardware division, too, which... After that, yeah. So you're, which is, you're the president of the hardware division, but a CEO would be above you. Yeah. <laughs> and he's in the book, he's not hardware division. Like, hardware is would be like working on the haptics or something, right? He's, yeah. he's, he's the guy that's in charge of the oologists. Which well, is relevant to the story. <laughs> I know, it drives me nuts. I mean, maybe it's different. Maybe there's another bad guy in the movie we don't know about. That um, I hope not, I hope not, but. An emperor to, uh, to Sorrento's Vader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? Ooh. You never know. I don't know what to make of that. This jumped out at me. The fact that they remove Oology from his job description. We know IOI is like the Sixers are still in there. Well, it, and it, it just relates, like, we haven't heard anything about whether or not they refer to themselves as Gunters in the movie or anything, but like Oology and Gunter, like Egg Hunter and Oology is the yeah, study of either eggs. Of those, either of those two names should have come up by now, Gunter or Oologist. That, you're oh, right. Yeah, which... But then the masses don't really know what an Easter egg in a game is. And if they do, they think it's, you know, some random teddy bear you pick up in a game that relates to another game. I thought Oology was one of the coolest things about the book, that uh, IOI actually created an entire division dedicated to finding the egg. Yeah, with apparently 5,000 dedicated avatars, you know, like that's a huge (laughs) number to just be like, ah, we'll just leave that out. Think about a typical, like Comcast... You know, I don't know how many people they've got in their call center, but that's 5,000 members for, you know, for any workforce. It's just, it's huge. I was going to say, you got to assume there's support staff too, because they talk about how all their rigs are hacked and they can put anyone they need in whenever they need them. They're just saying at like 5,000 avatars. That's not talking about how many behind the scenes people they might have working for that particular department too and it's like like what if they don't if they're not oologists what are they fucking customer service like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? i don't know what else you call them you kind of have to call them you know i i don't know where else you go with that anything else that that you guys liked about that part it's funny that they mentioned pac-man like they have to state his creds at the beginning of the description yeah. this guy Pac-Man knows what pac-man pinball. is <laughs> He's played video games before. He played Pac-Man. He played pinball. He hasn't done anything until virtual reality, though. So, 
He knows the old stuff. He's in a constant state of fucking menace when he talks about, you know, being in that um, horror simulator. And, and what was it that he says, Adam? They, they said so you, were, you were scared. And he was like, no, I won't give you that. I was immersed. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I was immersed. Are you that guy all the fucking time? <laughs> really? There was that, uh, I, I meant to mention it a minute ago, but like he did that, um, I Just Can't Wait to Be King, the song from Lion King. And he read it on that Australian radio show. Did you see that? No. No. I mean, he made it sound like a fucking gangland crime. <laughs> like, it, oh, my God. Like, just the, the way he delivers. He just sings the lyric, like, the lyrics to the first verse of, I just can't wait to be king and the Lion King. And it's like, at the end of it, you're like, Jesus, this guy's violent. I need that link. Calm down, he's going to kill people. Yeah, if it wasn't a lion cub that sang it originally, I would be terrified. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, let's. I I, I got to be honest with you. I'm 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 so ready for the second page. I just want like this is going to be the meat of it. <laughs> so uh, Adam, you want to do it again? Man, you did a great job last time. Yeah, I'll do it. Thank you, everybody. Mendelssohn is no stranger to massive blockbusters and A-list directors, having appeared in Ridley Scott's Exodus, Gods and Kings, and last year's Rogue One, a Star Wars story. But despite his air of unfazability, he admits that he got starstruck when he was called in to meet the boss for Ready Player One. I got very excited and nervous. I found it hard to look him in the eye, he says. Stevens created a lot of legendary pop culture. The canon is so huge and so awesome. I love Saving Private Ryan. I love 1941. I'm very, very partial to the, to the Spielberg-produced Poltergeist with the girl on the television and the lovely little spirit lady. Part of the joy of Spielberg doing this film is to be able to play in this referencing of pop culture, of which he is a substantial contributor. Anything can happen inside the Oasis, as is demonstrated by the new trailer, which features Freddy Krueger, the Iron Giant, and even the DeLorean from the Back to the Future trilogy, which Spielberg also produced. In Ernest Cline's source novel, Sorrento at one point transforms into Mechagodzilla to battle Watt's avatar. While Spielberg's specific take on the story is being kept under wraps, the concept allows for Mendelssohn's villain to take any form he chooses, even so he's even should he so wish that creepy TV from Poltergeist. It's the ultimate playground, and so, Mendelssohn says, was a set of the movie. I think that this is charting new spots, he concludes. It's very much an adventure. I expect it to be quite a thrilling thrilling ride. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's the meat of it. What pops out at you guys? <laughs> Again, for me, it's the Iron Giant. But I want to point <laughs> out that the, the Iron Giant is getting so much flack, and I have to be—I have to admit—I was one of the first ones to throw flack because I have to confess I—I've never seen Iron Giant. I'm—I'm I'm old. <laughs> so <laughs> I first thing I did is I said, okay, I gotta watch the Iron Giant. So I watched Iron Giant for the first time last week, and. For me, it's perfect. It's fine. I take back everything I said because uh, once I realized that uh, Ernie actually put a lot from the Iron Giant in Ready Player One. There's a lot of references that went over a lot of people's heads. And spoiler alert, like when he says, try to use your power only for good, that was pure Iron Giant. Oh, you just spoiled it for me, dude. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we warned about spoilers. 
Uh, <laughs> what, what about you guys? Anything else? But yeah, I had. Uh, it's funny to me the references he made to uh, Spielberg's work. You know, there's no ET or anything in there. It's Poltergeist and uh, Saving Private Ryan in 1941. You know, it's, it's like this guy. Yeah, wants the ones to, that are never going to make it into the yeah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just the references made me laugh. Oh, yeah. Also, the ones that like like feature feature a lot of death, a lot of death in those movies, as I recall. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if I ever saw 1941, but I feel since it's World War II era, there's probably a lot of death. <laughs> it was not. It was not one of Spielberg's best. I. I. It was hard to watch. I mean, I, I love Spielberg. Never seen but it. That. That movie is kind of hard to watch. It takes a lot. It, it's really dry, old, boring humor. But. Uh, <laughs> not for everybody. <laughs> uh, I mean, sums it all up. It, yeah. Ugh. That that sounds like Mendelssohn's taste to me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, Chris would Chris would uh, would punch me in the face if I didn't bring this up because uh, he he found the same thing that I did, and I don't know if you guys missed it. It's a huge change to the story. Sorrento okay. can take the shape of anything. Oh yeah, I saw oh. that. Oh, what the shit? Yeah, can take. The shape of anything, otherwise known as Og and Halliday at the end of the book. They so have how? the only ones that have just complete autonomous power in the Oasis. They can do whatever the fuck they want. They're sort of insinuating here, maybe not to the same scope or degree, that Sorrento can do the same thing. That's going to be a huge fucking problem for them. Yeah, and where this, like, ties into the whole new plot is just like... I can't wrap my head around that with all the other possible changes they've thrown in with the trailer and everything, like where this could potentially go. Well, think about it. They say that he can take the shape of anything, even the TV from Poltergeist. Imagine, imagine what he could do to screw the Gunters over if he could take the shape of furniture. I mean, <laughs> like, think about it. They, I mean, he could be a fly on the wall, literally, <laughs> for <laughs> everything that they, they, they discover, they uncover. It's, to me, it's, it's a game changer for the movie. Yeah, that's a hell of a hack. I, I mean, I don't think he's got, they've got the, you know, the power of Og or Anorak, but that would be a hack into the system. That'd be a great hack. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The advantage that you would have if you think about it in, in some of the, in some of the close calls that they have in the book would just be, I, I mean, it would be immense. He can take the shape of anything. And we're, we're right now we're saying like, we're, we're using mostly examples that are, you know, like this is how he can sneak or spy. Well, he could also turn into the Mecha Godzilla at any point, you know, I mean, he could, he could turn into a tank, like, you know, anything. How do you beat that? And how do you yeah, get that's that? That's a power? tough one. That's that's, yeah, that's another thing. Because I've always had an issue with the thing of him, like, admitting that they're hacking the rigs and, and there being these, like, rules in place that, like, if you try and create two avatars, you're banned, like, completely. How did they get around that? You you mean, like, for, for the Sixers? Yeah, the they talk about how they've, like, they're, they hacked into the rigs and they're able to have anyone step in any time. Like, to me, this kind of sounds like the the movie's way of being like we have this insane power that you had no idea <clears throat> we could ever do yeah without having to bring in that whole twist into things that's well that's why they keep saying it's like the matrix it's like the matrix mm. he's 
he's maybe he's more like Agent Smith than we realize. Yeah. I mean, he's he's yeah. he's going into the the system instead of out. It's like a reverse Agent Smith. See, <laughs> and we kind of addressed this in the live stream, which didn't happen. <laughs> I promised myself <laughs> I wouldn't bring that up again, but I did. Um, like like we uh we, we we basically designed the game to where Chris would be an IOI agent and we would just fuck him over the whole game. Like, like we gave him like the lowest intelligence, the lowest perception. We just like drug his stats into the mud. But the one power he had was called IOI support. And what he could do is if he ran into like a perception check or something like that, he could use IOI support as a magical power. And what he could do is go to the, the chat and the live stream and have them answer the question for him, because that's always how we imagined IOI worked. So say you've got, you know, a music historian, say you've got, you know, a D&D historian, you've got, you know, all these different guys and you're coming or, or like somebody who plays nothing but old Commodore or TRS-80 games. And you can say, all right, hop into my rig and play Dungeons of Dagrath because I'm already there. That's probably how Sorrento got through it. So I don't think it's changing avatars there. I think he's just like literally getting out of his rig and putting somebody else in it. So in the Oasis, somebody else is Sorrento. They're in his spot. And that's how he gets his name on the board. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't I was so much saying that they were, like, mm-hmm. switching avatars as they were just substituting people into right. the particular avatar kind of thing. But I'm wondering if this could kind of be the movie's way of getting around that without having to deal with those issues. That, that would make sense. Just Basi- a thought. Yeah, basically it could just... Yeah, swap out like that. Hmm, a lot to think about. <laughs> For such a small article. There was another thing, too, and I was going to bring this up in Chapter 13. It's sort of an Easter egg. And, and again, a lot of people, you know, decry uh, Ernest Klein's writing and, and say that he just layers it with, you know, derivative material. But I love his attention to detail. Uh, in, in Chapter 13, there's a really good example of it. Do you remember when he names the, f- uh, I think it's the four or five... Uh, top gunter clans that tried to inc- recruit wade yeah i was just yeah. literally yeah. doing this chapter today so it's like the over raptors <laughs> team destiny um christ i just listened to this chapter like four times today <laughs> i've got like three pages of notes on it so the fact that i can't uh, is bad anyways uh, the key masters yeah, those the, the key masters key masters yes team bonsai and then team bonsai, bonsai. Uh, that's, it. that's what it was well done, guys. All right. End of applause for everyone. Over Raptor uh, translates in Latin to egg taker. Ah, uh, oh, I see. When they discovered that particular dinosaur, they found it like clutching an egg, and on top of like a catch of egg, they named it the Over Raptor for that reason. And that's probably why they named the clan Over Raptors. Thought that was kind of cool. Nice. Good catch. Attention to detail. So th- that's why I, I think the little things that you see leaked. I mean, we say that the only thing that was like, you know, for us in that trailer was, you know, Rush and stuff like that. I think when it comes to the articles and stuff, they they have control over what's leaked. They know what their people are going to say, what the actors are going to say and things like that. Like this right here. I think this is a teaser for the book. Yeah, it definitely strikes me that way. They brought up enough things to tie back into the book that everyone's like, Oh yeah, I got that little bit of faith going again. Yeah. <laughs> or like what well, what could happen? Go ahead. It's true. When you see that picture of Wade in the van, he's wearing chucks. I mean, we we still get everything we want 
but it's twisted a little bit. He's got the chucks, or probably everybody's got chucks. It's it's a lot to pick apart, man. And this 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 article gives us just even more. <laughs> and, and for those of us, and if you're listening to this podcast, I would recommend it be you. Don't read that script, man. Don't read the leaks. <laughs> Just let it Please wash don't. over you in beautiful IMAX 3D. <laughs> I mean, oh, I've already got my outfit picked out. I'm going in the exact same thing that he went to the distracted globe in. The old Buck Rybonzu suit. Nice. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's it for this uh, this Empire Magazine article. Guys, this is the first like full-on community show that we've done, and I got to be honest with you, it makes me want to do it just almost every week. I know that's that's untenable, but seriously, this is probably the most fun I've had doing the show since we first started it. So I really appreciate you guys being on. That's awesome. I, because... I think we should Thanks we should recreate this again. Pick pick a chapter for us. We'll do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. <clears throat> you you guys give us the podcast. That's so nice that we could give you some some fun doing the podcast. Hell yeah. Yeah, I appreciate uh-huh. listening to it on the way to work. Dude, I, we we when we set out to do this podcast, the, you know, when we were kind of like writing out what we wanted to do, the first thing we wanted to do was like, you know, build a community around the book because we had a good feeling that there were a lot of people out there that liked it as much as we did. And I had a good feeling John would like it as much as I did, but he just doesn't fucking read. So <laughs> I had to force him into it. I had to arm wrestle the bastard into, into reading it somehow. So this was how we did it. But yeah, man, I mean... uh it's it's been awesome. I mean, when I, when I say I've gotten to know these guys, I think you know I'm on the subreddit probably a little more than I'm on Twitter. And I think Adam, you just found us on Twitter pretty recently, right? Yeah, I I, I got home. I see. Oh, looking for someone for the podcast. DM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but you know, I mean, uh, one among the fence, uh, definitely golf machine golf. You were uh, you were one of the first people that he was one of the first ones to get on my thing either. He was the. He was uh, you one guys of the are first you guys people. are both phenomenal, and I, I think I mentioned it to you guys earlier that you guys should have contacted each other earlier because you were releasing the chapters at the same time. He was. Yeah, I know you messaged me about that. I remember. <laughs> I, I was listening. I was listening to that podcast or that uh, that adaptation of the uh, audiobook, and I, I I was caught up, and I was like, "Fuck, man, he's releasing it like the same week that we're releasing the chapters now. This is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it so much more bearable to listen to it for like the thousand time you know and um oh, thanks and, and golf was just like golf was like you've got to check this guy out and i was like i was like yeah man i'm already on it <laughs> and then i but 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 because he because he messaged me about it i actually got a i got a hold of fence uh not long ago and we started talking about a little project that i don't know if we want to tease here or not it's up to you. i'm i'm good you can yeah man uh, you got it if you want to guys... talk about it go All for right. it let's no. do it Let's right, make yeah. this an ofi- let's make it official. Let's make it official. <laughs> Even though the other two guys aren't around. Yeah. <laughs> so John and Chris, uh, I, I kind of teased at this with you, but we haven't really talked about it in full. Um, but this is something that uh, Fence and I are going to do, and uh, we're going to put an open call right now out there to anybody in the audience uh, with any voice acting skills. Fence has done a great job, like we said, adapting the audiobook with some sound effects in the background. We are going to do an original piece, and what we're going to do is we're going to do an audiobook version of Weir's chapter, uh, Lucero. And with sound effects. Yeah. With sound effects. With sound effects. <laughs> with sound effects and voice actors, we're going to do 
we're gonna do the whole chapter. I think it'll be, be good. I think it'll be cool. Awesome I'm idea. excited about it. That'll be awesome, man. I can't <laughs> wait. <be> awesome. <laughs> there we go. It's out in the world. Yeah. So, <laughs> so how, many, how many how many characters are in that? There, I think when they was what at the beginning of that story. There's the wizard, uh, the girl. Well, we're gonna there's need the wizard. Gonna... There's a there's a female character, a male character. We've got yeah, the booming last... voice of of uh, of Anorak. We've got so we've got a, we we're gonna need a narrator and and Sorrento are the two big parts obviously, and then a female and male Gunter Anorak's booming voice when he announces the riddle to him when he's at the mount uh, whatever it is, and we need the, uh, I-O- the IOI agent at the yeah. end, and then the IOI agent at the end, and I think that's pretty much it, and then from there just sound effects and a little bit of music will make it work so if you're out there and you're listening and you've got voice acting chops in GarageBand or something like that <laughs> send us an audio clip to the podcast gttgp.pod at gmail.com send us a dropbox link there yeah that's probably the best way to do it just send us a drop yeah box that works to the to the to the email um and then i'll share it with fence and we'll listen to it and Hopefully find a few people who, you know, really kind of fit what, what we're hoping to do with this. Sounds great. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, you guys are rock stars. In case I haven't told you, <laughs> you guys are rock stars. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> I am excited about what we've got coming. I'm so happy I got to talk to you guys. Adam, Paul, Fence, Goth. Thank you so much for being on the show tonight, guys. Thank Thanks you so for, having much for having us. Having yeah. All right. So that wraps it up for this episode of Get to the Good Part. Till next time, so long.